Is this thing on? Are you recording? Mm-hmm. All right. He was recording. So this is actually our first podcast back since... When was the last one? November 24th. Dang. That was close. So we're actually under the guidance of the education committee mm-hmm. um, because they thought podcasts would be a valuable asset to come back. Right. And now we have a new member um, on our team. Yep. Uh, Rob Eldridge. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank um, so uh, next episode we'll be doing uh, an interview with Rob so we can get to all get to know him a little bit better. Um, yeah, I don't know. Rob's a pretty cool guy. Glad he's here. I try to be cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a nerdy way. Yeah. You, know? you are far from a nerd, bro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, we have a great episode today. Uh, we're talking about the ground effects, Union Drive. Uh, we have Dan Huddleston. He's the servicing rep, not for our local, but um, in the area, right? So he has experience with organizing, and we'll get all that into all that in the interview. So how's everyone's day today? Everything's good. good. We're, we're kind of coming up with a plan for what we're going to do the next few days. We've uh, The ballots are being mailed out today to uh, the people from Ground Effects, and uh, we're putting together a strategy for communicating with them through text messages So to make sure that they know the ballots are coming, that they check their mail, they get their ballots turned in, they follow the directions. So hopefully uh, we'll, we'll have a real good showing and we'll have another unit. Okay, so um, I guess I'm... I mean, I've been at the plant uh, eight years, and I guess this is, I, I don't know if it's the first or not, but it's the first one I've paid attention to, the first organizing drive that I've paid attention to. Um, I don't know. I guess all the other units were organized already when I was working there. but So this is a new one, right? Mm-hmm. So ground effects, they do the spray and bed liners for us at the, at the not on site, right? They're across the road. Right. Um, so I've never been a part of an organizing drive. I've never really... So could you walk me through, how does that process start anyway? Yeah, it, it really starts from workers uh, reaching out uh, to the union to say that they would like a voice in their workplace. Uh, it usually starts with frustration in the workplace. Mm-hmm. There's there's something that's going on that, uh, that makes the workers unhappy. And uh, we try to tell them that uh, the only way to get that voice, uh, the only way that they can make that change is that they have to organize their union. And... Uh, and it's not the UAW coming in to organize people. It's the UAW assisting people to organize themselves. Uh, it's, it's about their, their workplace. It's not about being a part of something else. Uh, the, being a part of something else is organizational. You know, they have brothers and sisters here at Local 2209, but their real desire is to make their workplace a better place. Okay. Um, so before I guess we get too into it, I want to introduce you. Uh, your name is uh, Dan Huddleston, and you are uh, the our, I know locally our servicing rep. Are you the Region 2B servicing rep? I am one of the Region 2B servicing reps. Uh, we have uh, lots of different assignments. Uh, as a servicing rep, you have uh, Ryan Hestead is your current servicing rep, and he assists uh, with all of the issues that you may have in the plant and grievance handling, once it gets to a certain level, would go to Ryan. Uh, I do the same thing for other facilities. I also have been given the opportunity to uh, 
work with people that would like to organize their facility. So I've, I've wear a couple different hats. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, I really enjoy organizing. It's uh, helping people help themselves mm-hmm. and it's, uh, it's a real good opportunity. So, um, how long have you been a servicing rep? I've been a servicing rep, uh, in the region for five years. Uh, I previously worked in Detroit, uh, but I've been back, uh, Indiana's my home and I've been back in, in the region for five years. So where did you actually like start? I started uh, at uh, Ford Motor Company in Indianapolis okay. in 1989. I uh, got involved in the union in 2003. And from that point, I uh, became a committeeman, uh, vice president, president and chair of my local. It was a dual role in my local. Okay. And, uh, and I did that for a couple terms. Uh, and then I had the opportunity oh, to go man. to Detroit and work in the Ford Department. And I okay. worked in the Ford Department for four years. And I had the opportunity to come back home, and you know, home is where the heart is. So that's yes, right. it is. Right. Hoosiers. Right. So you said uh, you have some other organizing experience. What other what other places have you helped organize? Uh, well, we we helped organize uh, the Avance uh, here at twenty two oh nine. We've uh, helped with the Ruan trucking uh, and the maintenance people uh, at when it was Android at the uh, tire and wheel facility. I've worked on some other organizing drives as well that weren't as successful, uh, but those are the ones that we've had success with here in this area. Okay. What's the worst thing you've ever seen management do during any organizing drive? Uh, well, just recently, uh, you know, it, uh, with the weather the way it is here, uh, they stopped giving the employees water at ground effects. Uh, so, you know, and, and those booths where they spray those in are kept at 90 degrees. And, uh, you know, to, to have people work under those conditions is, is, you know, just a pretty bad way to do things. You know, we were talking about, um, off air, of course, uh, about the strike in Flint years ago and how they did that to those people and shut off the water and the power power and everything to think that that's happening today. That's amazing. So I also yeah, want to point out before we keep going, yes. whenever you said that, that they shut off the water, everybody at this table shook their heads. Yeah, uh, this, is a, this isn't a video, but like, it, yeah, it's but, crazy. Well, they, they, let, me, let me rephrase that. They didn't shut off the water. Prior to yesterday, they were giving the employees water. Okay. That, that okay. They, were, they were able to have bottles of water right. that the company was supplying because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, they, didn't, they stopped giving it to them. There's no more. The so, fact, the fact and didn't it, give them any warning so like go oh well i'll just get my water at work today yeah. no yeah don't don't supply your own that i mean that they, they assumed the well, workers like, came in assuming say i used to that work at walmart and that, they did that <laughs> they, well, they gave us gatorades and when we like i work in a new area me and rob both do we work in a newer area of the plant that don't already have the fountains so we have the jug waters yeah. in like four or five different locations just in a three-line radius. Right. So I could go to two different ones just in walking distance from my own job mm-hmm. that's there, and I can get it cold. Right. So and, and part of it is human decency, right? And part of it is, is your solidarity of your local and your leadership of your mm-hmm. local, right. making sure that human decency is – is expected mm-hmm. right right uh, because i'm certain that if your water was taken away 
that uh, I was just gonna say I, I know can't imagine I know your flying. chairman pretty well. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm certain that wouldn't uh, the water would wouldn't get out of the area before it would be put back. Right. Well, when our fridge got taken away at Christmas break one time, it yeah. was immediately brought back. Yeah. So yeah, you think the chairman is a pistol? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's he's represent he's representative of you guys, right? right. I mean, you guys yes. stand together, and that's what gives him his strength, right? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's. He's he's a very talented individual himself, but having your support and that solidarity that you guys give to him gives him the opportunity to really represent. And that's you as a, a, feeds each other, way. right? Yeah. yeah, he can't do his job if we're not doing ours on the floor, right? Absolutely. So, as a servicing rep, how do you bring that kind of mentality to smaller corporations who may feel like we don't have a say? So we don't have a they're not listening to me. Oh, do you mean like a, like a smaller facility? Like yeah. the work, there's like 50 workers or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I, um, I guess probably my experience, I, uh, they look at the international union a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when, when I go into those facilities, uh, I demand quite a bit more, uh, respect than maybe a bigger facility would give me. Uh, because not everybody on the plant floor knows me at the bigger facility, right? right, right. Uh, at a bigger facility, you would have a relationship with the chairman and some of the committee uh, and maybe some of the people at the local. At a smaller facility, you're able to have a much better communication, much more personal communication, and you get to know the people, and they get to know you. And when you come in, your level of patience with the with the management team mm-hmm. Is, uh, is not near as good as it might be in a bigger facility where you have a structured committee that's strong, have support of the, the people, because they don't need you to do that as much, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and, you know, your committee doesn't need a strong representative to go in and fight the daily battles for them, Okay. right? They need yeah. to be supported mm-hmm. at the time that they ask for support. Right. So, how many how many workers are out at ground effects like on all three shifts is there three shifts there's three shifts there's currently 215 uh workers okay. uh, at ground effects all right i got some questions on ground effects okay uh so what what do they what's it like on a day-to-day basis in there they, they tell us it's uh you know that's really poorly managed um and as companies often do when you try to start an organizing drive they ask the employees what the problem is. Why do you want the union here? And so they've fired a couple of management people already. Or they say they've fired them. Oftentimes, uh, companies will move a manager to a different facility during an organizing drive to appear to have fired them. And then if they if they win, they'll bring, bring the back. manager back. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, and I don't know which they've done, if they've actually mm-hmm. fired some people. Uh, but that makes the employees feel better about it. Uh, so it, they're trying to do everything they can to sway the employees to not have the union come in. Okay. And that's the that's the that's a real misconception of the union. We don't come in. We assist you. Those members were, are making a decision for themselves. It's not the union saying, "Hey, you need to be union." They came to us. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were on uh, Indeed 
We were oh, looking yeah, at yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. reviews of ground effects. From we were the, trying to, so we were doing a, a podcast about this anyway, right? So we wanted to get an idea of what it's like to work there. What are the complaints? So we were just looking at reviews of employees that work there. And one of the funniest things I noticed was, uh, so every employer has a rating out of five stars. This company, Ground Effects, had lower ratings than Walmart and McDonald's by their employees. A 3.1 star. Was 3.1. McDonald's and Average. Walmart were about 3.6 to 4.0. And I just thought that was, I mean, we all know the working conditions of McDonald's and Walmart, right? Like very fast paced minimum wage type work you're you know yeah but what we just learned is they get water right <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. right, right. <laughs> I was, but, yeah i, I think it. they get a fountain drink yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of favoritism as we've been told there's a lot of favoritism at ground effects there's uh people that get passed over for jobs that may sh- should have had the opportunity to be promoted or, or bid to a different job it's it's like any place that you can imagine that doesn't have a structured contract the company gets to decide all of the issues right. and they decided however they'd like and you don't have any repercussions. So their vacation, they don't have paid vacation. Uh, well, I just learned that they have vacation and the way they give them vacation is they withhold part of their check every week so that when they go on vacation, they get to take that money and then their their time off is paid. So it's what? a self-funded that vacation. Wow. So like it's teachers like do that too. Pay, flex medical spending thing. For teachers kind of do that. So they have they can opt to take a portion of their check. So they get paid during the summer months. So they get paid all right. year. Right. But that but is it, this but, is the first I've ever heard. It's of this. not it's option. not what we recognize. I've ne- right. I've never I've heard of a never heard of that. Never heard of anybody besides a teachers union right. where they're actually off work. And they stretch it out over those three months. They take nine months pay and, or and nine and a half. And that's an optional thing. Yeah, and it's optional. It's right. not mandatory. Yeah. And, and what they do here, and, and this, is, this is what I've been told by the employees, is that they take a percentage of their money and put it back every week. And then when they're eligible for vacation, they, they get paid their own money. That is and they the also get a, do they get a point thing. taken away from their 30 points or – yeah. system yeah there's a there's you'll a, have to elaborate because we this we talked about the off yeah there, so it go was, explain it so the, they have a 30 point system or for, for attendance their, yes okay and if they call off let's say sick they would get their paid from their own money but they'd still get a point taken away yes okay so is that any that's crazy so va- do vacations they, they don't count towards that point because we have a point system at work or it's not a point system. That's the we have a we have our steps. Right, we have our steps. So is that thirty points yearly or over the life of their career? What do you well, know? What it's actually, I, I haven't seen their policy. Okay. I, I've been told that the that the thirty points. What I know about their policy is they don't track the thirty points very well. You may have been given a point consistent with what their policy is, mm-hmm. but because they like me. And oh, I, I miss. Uh, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't get a point, or, okay. or vice versa. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's another circumstance when you don't have contractual guidelines for what you're doing. That's true. Uh, it's yeah. it sets up the opportunity for, for favoritism and mm-hmm. nepotism and all different kinds of things that, that just makes it unfair for the worker, and it doesn't matter who you are as a worker. There's a definite unfairness for in the workplace because not everybody's getting the opportunity. One more question. If the PRO Act was passed, 
let's say last week, how would that affect organizing? Well, the, the PRO Act really focuses on the opportunity to organize. Uh, the, there's, there's all different kinds of areas of the PRO Act that can assist the, the employees to, to have the union come in and make things that the companies are doing uh, illegal. Uh, there's because what they do now currently they hire what we call union busters to come in they pay those union busters $300 an hour on average so they have two union busters in the facility so right now every day they're spending let's see eight times six so the, so $600 an hour and they're they're they're, they're spending that every day Right, so it's what's forty six hundred dollars or forty eight hundred dollars, forty eight. Could have done paid them their vacation. Yeah, yeah. And and without it's without their own money. It's every day, right? Forty eight hundred dollars a day. They're paying these union busters to be in there, and just to walk around and tell people that they don't want to, they don't want to have a voice in their workplace. So this is I just looked this figure up. It's from a couple of years ago, but. Uh, U.S. employers spend about three hundred forty million dollars annually on union busters. But what's so funny? about uh, union busting is the one of the big messages is that like we want to keep um, the companies say this we want to keep a direct line with our employees we don't the unions just going to get in the middle and they're going to mess everything up but it's like your company is willing to spend this kind of money they know it's an investment on saving money in the long term right because they're going to have to give out more benefits they're going to have to give out better more competitive pay right so it's just Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you also, uh, you know, you, you talk about what companies say that they, they want to keep an open door policy. They want to have a direct line of communication. Mm-hmm. And they, they have, even in this drive, told the ground effects workers that you won't be able to talk. You have to talk to your union. You won't be able to talk to us. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that you can find it in your own grievance procedure. Mm-hmm. First uh, thing the first thing you're supposed to do is go talk to your supervisor. Yes, I'm glad you yes. pointed that out yep. because there's, no, there's never been a time that I haven't felt that I couldn't address my issue with my boss. Right. And, and if, if we can't work it out, then my committeeman's coming down. Well, so. well and, and legitimately, that's in all collective bargaining agreements mm-hmm. because we want the issue resolved. And if you can resolve it without the, the committeeman, Right. That, that's the best mm-hmm. case scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Because if uh, with you guys have, what, 4,500 people, mm-hmm. if everybody logs a call and they never try to resolve an issue, yeah. you're not going to, people aren't going to get their calls answered because the committeeman's going to be handling, you know, hey, my pay got messed up, or hey, this happened, or yeah, hey, we need new parts, or, you know, every issue that comes right. up, the committeeman will have to handle. And that's, it. number one, it's illogical, and number two, it's just another lie that they try to tell people to yeah, make like them, them afraid. Whenever they say a third party coming in, the workers itself are forming and banding together. So it's still just you and them. Right. Yes. It's not a third party. It's absolutely. Absolutely not a third party. Right. So, so UAW comes in and provides the infrastructure, right, to set up to set up your union. And then they have to get their own chairman, committeeman, right. all their, their reps, contract. every, yeah. Yep. So. And, and just like as, as we're needed in, in the smaller facilities to assist in negotiating contracts and training employees to handle grievances, uh, health and safety issues, quality issues, you know, we 
as servicing reps, we assist in all of that training, mm-hmm. and and we're there to assist them in the in the grievance procedure as, as it goes to arbitration, something like that to try to resolve issues. Where it's no different than than anything at home, right? A resolution is always better than a fight, mm-hmm. right? And if you can find a place to resolve an issue, that's what you want to do. Right. And when you're negotiating. Uh, you know, I, I often say this to companies, we're, we're not here to negotiate you out of business. We want you to be successful. We just want these members to have their fair share of your success. Right, right. So let, let, let's go back to the union busters. Are they allowed in the building? Oh, the company hires them. Yeah. So, so that puts y'all at a disadvantage right. a little bit too, right? Oh. Because they can spread everything that they need to spread. A significant disadvantage. Yes. Oh, the man. only the only time you guys can actually hold a meeting is outside of the workplace. Yes. You'd have to organize a meeting. Yes. And it's hard to get workers to come because they're off work and right. they they well, want to spend time with family. And they're working twelve hours a day. Yeah. So it's it's very hard for them to actually go to those meetings. Yeah, right, and, and not not only are the union busters in the facility mm-hmm. on a daily basis, up until the day before the ballots are sent out in this case, mm-hmm. they can have what's called mandatory meetings, which the company can reti- require the employees to come to a meeting and listen to them tell them how bad the, the the having a union in the workplace would be. We've seen that on that documentary on Netflix. What's the name of American Factory? Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. And they did Booyah. that up until the time to vote. They were, right. I mean, they were pushing them hard. 24 hours prior to the day of the vote or the day the ballots are sent out, however the voting is done, uh, 24 hours prior, they have to stop. So from from now until the time the ballots are counted, they can't have what's called a mandatory meeting where they have a group of people come together, but they'll still have the union busters in walking around talking to individual workers. That's still legal. So what are the, some of the other tactics that management will try and use? So will they bring the union busters in, right, and they, they provide strategies of how to defeat the vote, right? Sure. So what are the, some of the things that they do? Well, that they always talk about our, our history, our recent history where we've had uh, individuals that went to jail in, mm-hmm. in our leadership uh, that should have gone to jail, mm-hmm. uh, should have probably gotten a lot more time in jail than they did. Yep. Uh, but they talk about that a lot. They talk about how the union has shrunk from 1.5 million members to 400,000 members. Mm-hmm. They talk about it being a third party, like was discussed previously, right. that you don't want somebody else coming in here. You want to talk to us. They generally will tell people we're family, and you know I I don't. I've seen that on American Factory. But yeah, that, that's yeah. funny too, though. Is like we'll take one person with this. I mean, if you've been there for any amount of time, it's like well, just think about like four months ago or before the drive started. Think about how it was then, and oh, now we're family. Yeah, and they'll they'll always feed them. They always have a cookout or a meal, and they they've done that at General Ground Effects. They actually had. Uh, they had lunch brought in on Tuesday, and they had dinner on Wednesday. I didn't stop giving them water today. Yeah, but you I, know, I beg your them. pardon. That was Monday and Tuesday because Wednesday was 24 hours before the battle. Oh, wow. Well, you know, feeding them. Uh-huh. I always was told they're fatting you up for the kill. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I've been at factory jobs where they fed you great, yep. and then the next day you're covered in sawdust and sand. Oh, it's yeah. Yeah, and and unfortunately. 
they make promises that most likely they won't keep uh, to individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a, an individual at, at Ground Effects that uh, we believe's probably been made a promise that's walking around trying to get people an employee that's being allowed to walk around to try to get people to not vote for the union. And I, and I will say this, I'll respect anybody's position, mm-hmm. but this gentleman has never talked to us. So it's, it's hard to understand why he's so adamantly against the union without a conversation. Right. Yep. So I'm making assumptions that there's another reason. There got to be. That's fair. That, yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could be a family member or maybe a family member was part of a union and it didn't go well or something. I say it's upsetting because politics plays a big part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Politics. Where you, where you fall on that spectrum, left or right wing, right? So – I mean, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> people on the, the right side we typically won't even listen to a union argument. Not everybody, but that, that's just how the Republican Party has kind of set itself up. It's, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because unions are not just about, uh, about hurting companies. Right. Uh, we're, we're actually, our, our goal is to help companies. Let's say, and, look at the profit sharing that the UAW has negotiated. We do well when they're doing well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and I've talked to, to many people that uh, own companies that, that are afraid of unions, and I, and I tell them, you know, really, a union gives you structure that allows you to plan your business in a manner that you're not doing it now mm-hmm. because that structure puts in place the, the way you're going to run your business. Mm-hmm. And we, we assist in developing that structure so that we can all be successful. Right. Right. And your your it's really what I look at is a fresh eyes look at your business to try to make it successful because our goal is for every one of our companies to make more money next year than they did this year. Right. Because I, then we can get some of that at the bargaining table. And I right. think one of the funniest things like I had a conversation with a guy at a bar um, went to get wings when our strike was over because I'm like, okay, I can eat out and get wings. I can afford it. We're going back <laughs> to work soon, you know. Um, and he's like, oh, you're one of those UAW union, da 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 da, blah blah blah, just trash talking union. I said, well, it's funny, you know, you're watching football. You know, the NFL has a union. Right. You know, sports, police, uh, you know, all they're all union, and you're mad at me. Right. I don't make that money. Right. They make way more money than, you know, I said, you don't understand. We were fighting for everybody. We It hurt a lot of people, but we were trying to push for better for, you know, you don't know what's going on in our facility. You don't know that I was a temp for four years. You didn't know that. And I said, I get it. I understand. I was in that situation. But you watch sports. You Call the police when there's an emergency. You send your kids to school who have teacher unions. Right. I'm just building trucks. I say I see it from his side though too. Like so, if you're on the outside looking in, and you're like, "What these guys have it so good? They have all these benefits. They have this great pay, mm-hmm. and they're still going on strike and still asking for more when I already have nothing." But the issue with that though is that they shouldn't be. They should be Man. trying to lift themselves up, not bring others down. Mm-hmm. And but but it's uh it's the corporate mentality that's right. taught us that right yes. that 
that if if we do this, it's it goes back to the to the Big Mac costing ten dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Fifteen fifteen dollars an hour. There was actually a study done that if they paid everyone fifteen dollars an hour, the Big Mac might go up a dime. Right. Yeah. Right. And and the reality of it is is that we multiple people, even union members that I know that said you shouldn't be flipping burgers for fifteen dollars an hour. And the fact of the matter is is that the police officers shouldn't be making fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. The the paramedics shouldn't be making twelve dollars an hour. Right. There's there's workers in this country that make an exorbitant amount lower than fifteen dollars an hour. And fifteen dollars an hour allows people the opportunity to survive in our society. That doesn't mean that that they are bad. Mm-hmm. It means that the rest of society needs to be raised up as well. And we have to care about each other enough to to understand that. Right. And like I think I even I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but when I first started at GM, I made fifteen seventy eight. I had three kids. I still got twenty three dollars in food stamps every month. Mm-hmm. Fifteen dollars an hour is not, not always enough. But <laughs> right. that really isn't a lot. Right. So I mean with the minimum wage being what? Still seven twenty five, yes. right? I yeah. I've thought about that, and I'm like, I don't know how, how, uh, to a married couple, right, with kids. How in the world do you afford to live off of basically fifteen fifty an hour? If they both have full time jobs. Well, it's be, be, because it. you have to be supplemented, right? It, I mean, if be. you have, you have that, you you, and it's it's the it's the Walmart worker, right? When you hire into Walmart, they give you classes on how to get supplements right right because they know they're not going to pay you enough Mm -hmm. right for you to survive in your family if you have a family they give you classes on how to sign up for aided dependent children and and food stamps and and all this kind of stuff well at the same time they're making billions of dollars and paying limited taxes but they're 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 having the workers get part of their sustenance on for their daily lives from the taxpayer, which just doesn't make sense for most mm-hmm. people. Right. Anybody got anything? <laughs> I said we can we, pause. We don't yeah. have to keep yeah. pounding down. Oh, but. okay. No, I was just saying we we got to find a way to show ground effects, you know, that this is what they're trying to do and, and, and how we're trying to move forward. We're not only fighting for you now. But we're fighting for the people that come in behind you also. So oh, absolutely. You said the ballots were sent out today? Ballots were sent out today. Yeah. And then when are they supposed to be returned? Or is there they like, have to be returned. They're going to be counted uh, September 17th. Okay. Uh, and uh, so they'll be counted on a Zoom meeting. Uh, the, the NL, they're all going to be mailed to the NLRB. Uh, so we'll have the opportunity to watch the Zoom meeting, be on the Zoom meeting. And uh, see how the how the boat turns out. Is this typically how a organizing drive is done, where the ballots are mailed out to the individuals and then they mail it out back to the NLRB? No, it's uh, it's kind of a it's an option okay. in, in the process. Uh, generally, this is not the way it's done. Where we have voting in person, mm-hmm. uh, but because of COVID, right? Uh, the NLRB has pretty strict rules when it comes to COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, which seems a little bit odd because people are working together all day. Right. Uh, but they don't want the the influx of people in a line or, okay. or create a situation where they're going to have people 
their 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 process is going to cause people to come into close contact. Okay. So. Okay. So. Um, Typically, how long does an organizing drive last? Or I mean, not on average, but there's no, there isn't a set time limit, right? It's no, it, it's. Uh, I mean, honestly, uh, the 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 people here uh, between Jim and Amy and Jamie have done a tremendous job of working together and communicating with employees that are working twelve hours a day, and uh, they they've just done an outstanding job. Uh, and, and this, this drive has probably been somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, from a, the initial contact, it's probably been about eight or nine months. But the actual really getting into it, it's been about three months from the time we started until now. Typically, it's based on the size of the unit. Uh, the less people you have, obviously, the shorter time frame you need. The longer, the more people you have, the more time frame that you need so um the do, who decides when the ballots are going to be mailed out is that the union or is that the nlrb or if the company if there if there is a mail-in uh, ballot procedure uh because normally all of that is done on what's called a uh, stipulation agreement okay between the company the union and the nlrb you would together collectively agree uh the company and the union have to agree on a process and the NLRB has the approval or denial of that process. That's uh, kind of funny, or it's a little ironic, kind of getting the company warmed up for future collective bargaining if, yeah. if that's going to be happening. So that is uh, that is kind of funny. But um, so that they have a stipulation agreement, the NLRB decides whether that this is an acceptable agreement or not. Yes. And yes. then would the timeline be set in there? Yes. And okay. and the NLRB. If you, if either side asks for something that's unreasonable, the NLRB can kind of push one side or the other okay. side to, to be more reasonable. In the event you choose not to be reasonable, there the NLRB can set up a hearing. Okay. And you have to go to the hearing and represent your case, and a decision is made on what what happens. It's like arbitration or our grievance procedure, similar to it, that? It's very similar to arbitration because you present your case and then the uh, the director of the NLRB for this region will make a decision. Would, would make a decision on where it would land. So if they do in-person voting, is it the same same way? S- same type of thing. You you still have to have the stipulation. You still have to decide on hours that you're going to vote, where you're going to vote in the facility, if you're going to vote in the facility. All of that has to be predetermined uh, before you actually uh, have a date set. Okay. Okay. So say you guys do vote, and I don't want to jinx it, but say it doesn't go in our in your favor. Are you able to be like, okay, we have to wait a couple years or something and try it again, or? Well, legally, legally we can't uh, repetition the same facility uh, for one year. Okay. Uh, so you have to wait at least one year. Uh, the unfortunate part is, is you guys saw in the American Worker, uh, people get fired. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's the unfortunate uh, thing that happens with that companies feel threatened, and if, if they've they've kind of fended off what they feel threatened by, they generally try to get rid of that threat. Okay. Do, um, you, do you kind of feel like it's just a lost cause after if that happens or something like that, or or do you be like, we'll just try it again? You know. No, there, there's uh, you know, it's it's all about communication, uh, and it's. Uh, Again, it's not the UAW doing this. It's about the workers. Okay. 
And when the workers decide it's not a lost cause, then it's not. Right. You know, and uh, if the workers decide that, you know, we we've got enough people now, we want to do this again. And it's about staying in contact with those people and making sure that that they know that we're there for to support them. But unfortunately, we can't vote for them. We all at this table know the benefits of a union, mm-hmm. and and you know, really from the outside looking in, you may see some benefits. You may think there's some benefits. You may think there's not benefits, but until you've ever been a part of a union, you don't know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and the the unfortunate part is companies, they dwell on that fact that these, these workers don't know. They've never been a part of a union. So they try to beat up the union and they try to tell the workers they're okay without one. And and it's uh, it's a matter of, I always say this, it's a matter of, of uh, your desire to have a voice winning out over your fear that the company's trying to instill in you. That's one thing we try to preach in the education committee is finding your voice within the union. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, man, that would be great to help them find their voice. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I'm going to kind of backtrack. When, when um, workers want to unionize, how many workers does it usually take for that petition to come through or well, well to file a petition uh, you have to have required by law uh, 30% of the workforce to sign uh, cards okay and and uh, the difficult part there is that if you don't have a list of employees you're estimating the 30% and if your list is not 100% accurate you may still be estimating your 30%. So you would always want to to shoot higher than that. Yeah. Really your goal is to have 65% of the cards to start with mm-hmm. before you file a petition. Right. Because you expect the company's fear tactics, the union busters, you expect that to peel some people off. And mm-hmm. and if you're if you're you're wanting to win, you really want to have 65 to maybe even 70% of the cards of people that are committed to, yes, I want a union. Uh, that's, that's when you're the most successful. In this ground effects thing, we've kind of tried to reverse engineer it. And like I said, between Jim, Amy, and Jamie, they've, they've done a tremendous job of reaching out and communicating to people uh, and, and, and making that, that process just really tight and really really aggressive, uh, aggressive in a good way in that they made themselves available and, you know, they're awesome. They're available to us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so if they're making themselves available right. to ground effects, it's not, I say it's not a show yeah. either. It's, Rob, I think just, you better bring oh, yeah, Jamie that macaroni and cheese yeah, soon. I better yeah. bring it in. <laughs> she yeah. deserves it. Yeah. But, and that's what I wondered too. I, I've always kind of asked myself, well, I went to Dayton to the glass plant yeah um and that was as soon as i actually became seniority they're like hey get on this bus we're going to ohio i'm like what i was like wow and you could tell the difference of some workers just coming in and out and then they made us move and they changed times and i was like wow i actually seen company tactics i didn't I didn't even realize. And Fuyao was a, a perfect example of, uh, and they've done it at Ground Effects. Uh, Fuyao gave everybody a $2 an hour raise 
uh, at ground effects, they just gave everybody a 2.75% raise. Uh, they just, just did it. They were supposed to do it. They told them that the, if you don't vote for the union, then we'll give you a raise on the 13th. Well, the vote was on the 12th if we were going to vote in person. The NLRB mm -hmm. changed it to a mail-in ballot. So they went ahead and gave them a raise on the 13th. then they would have went back on what they originally <laughs> yeah. said. Yep. So, uh, but we don't know if we would have voted on the 12th if they would have got that raise or not. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. I mean, I, nothing's really set in stone unless you have an agreement. That's exactly they, right. They can give them, and if they, if they turn it down, they don't want the union, they can always take that raise back. Like, show me yep. in black and white. Yep. I say we have that at work that we can do that. That's showing black and white, or if you make like an overtime agreement with your boss, hey, I'm going to work four hours, but this is what I need to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I need it in writing, though, mm -hmm. because if yes. you try and back out, and then it's, I mean, so I've made my own agreement with my boss, and we both signed off, so it's now a written agreement, and the my committee member will recognize it. Hey, you made this deal with this employee. You have to, if you don't follow through, we're just going to grieve it then. So, but I mean, they can do whatever they want when you don't have a union. Yeah, uh, they absolutely. Completely, one hundred percent control the work, the workplace, and they set the policies and make and, all the decisions. And they can change the policies and rules daily, at any time, mm. at any time they like, for any reason. That's it. Well, I'm really actually hoping that we get another amalgamated unit in. Um, hopefully, everything goes perfectly. Um, we can get people in, get them trained, get people on board with committees and and all that stuff and get them involved i mean being like until i got real involved locally like more like especially during strike but there was a lot of other little things that once my kids got older i was like oh, you know i got so much i i don't want to commit to anything so we did we do kickball tournaments we mm -hmm. do um little um trunk or treats and all these different things that you know the more the merrier <laughs> yeah and it's 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 where you you understand that the union's not just about your pay and benefits you know it's about mm -hmm. the people it's about the brotherhood the sisterhood mm -hmm. it's we un are it's family. understanding that the solidarity of of a union of a local mm -hmm. is created by the people Right. It's uh, we are as good as we allow ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And as involved as we want to be, mm -hmm. because there's always yes. an opportunity for you for you to assist your brothers and sisters and your community. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So I don't. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? I'm good. Um, oh, I did want to ask you. So what does it look like? If if it's a yes vote and they want they decide they want to be organized and have be represented by the UAW, so what what follows that? So uh, the if it's a yes vote, the NLRB will send a letter, uh, a certified letter to the company that says they are obligated to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement with the UAW. Okay. And currently, there's no timeline because. Like, so, is there a timeline now? I know the PRO Act has something to do with a timeline where a company needs to sit down. Yeah, they're they're obligated to meet on a regular basis. Uh, there's no definitive timeline in the law currently. Uh, the, the Wagner Act, when it was uh, put into place, 
uh, was much more friendly to unions. And when they changed the Wagner Act to the Taft-Hartley Act, Mm -hmm. it was changed because uh, businesses got involved and got people elected that were more friendly to businesses. So Mm -hmm. the Wagner Act was watered down, became the Taft-Hartley Act, which is what we live under now. And that, that currently doesn't say you have to meet, but it doesn't require either side to meet any more than on a regular basis. That's all I got for you, Dan. I all appreciate right. you coming in. This all is right. an awesome yeah. surprise because we didn't know we were going to get to interview you. Oh, and yeah. we seen you in here a couple weeks ago. And we're like, oh, things were really still kind of moving and grooving. So we're glad that you got to come in and sit down with us. And it was a chance for us to get to know you, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, right? No problem. Yeah, Thank you. Thing. Anytime you guys need anything from me, you holler and I'll try to help. Awesome. I appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. A new. All right. Hold on, Angie's so. got to zoom in on the paper. All right, it's the end of August. It is. What's coming up, Angie? Well, our main activity going on will be the organized Labor Day picnic, which is September 6, 2021. Um, from 11 to 3, it's downtown at Headwaters Park. Of course, we have this every year. We didn't get to have it last year because of COVID. It will be a a thing this year. So there's bingo, live music, kids' activities, food, drinks, chili, hot dogs, all kinds of different stuff. Bring the family out. It is a picnic presented by all the local unions. We all get together for to just give a free picnic to the community. Mm -hmm. So bring your kids out. COVID is back on a little weird variant thing, too. So hopefully it does not affect future things. Um, Now, a new hello from Holly came out today, and I just wanted to touch base on a few things that was in that letter because they are important. Um, Skilled trade shirts are in. Veteran shirts, if you ordered after the deadline, will be able to be picked up on August 23rd. Um, Really, really, because we're... We want to stress education as much as we can. If you can't get to a class, maybe you can sign up for the 2B Online Academy again this year. It was really successful last year. So this year's sessions will be October 5th through the 25th, November 2nd through the 22nd, December 1st through the 21st. They're web-based. It's a 20-day window. You can work at your leisure. I mean, it's a really great opportunity to get some education, get classes. And if you would like to be registered. I have a question. Yes. What kind of classes can I take? There are different ones. Um, There's building your union. I mean, it's like a collective type class. So like one is building your union, which could include UAW basics, UAW 101, core values, VCAP. Um, There's also leading for change which involves roles of officers, elected union meetings, leading your, with vision, UAW core values, money matters. So there's a couple different options. Sounds like that several. fun. Yeah. I mean, I, and you can work at your own pace at home, mm-hmm. on your phone even. Right. Um, so if you can register for that, it's real easy. All you have to do is email, sign up, that's S-I-G-N-U-P at uaw2209.org and include your name 
mailing address, telephone number, and email address to get registered. That's all you got to do. You don't got to call the hall. Don't bother Erica. Just email that number and you can get signed up. But if you have any questions, you could probably call the hall and ask Absolutely. Erica. Um, also on uh, the 28th, Saturday the 28th this month, we have the Fall Vendor Craft Show. Um, it'll be vendors from 10 to 4 and burgers from 11 to 4. Um, if you want any more information about that, you know who to call. When is it? August 28th. Okay, next next week. Right? Next Saturday. Yep. Yeah. I, hate I didn't know about it until I just seen it. So. Did any of you make it to the sock hop? You know, the chili dog? No. I was in I hate Minnesota. I Did you? I hate it. No, I saw the pictures. It uh, looked cool, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate I missed it. We were still in Minnesota. Well, we were actually driving back that day. Yeah, they all had poodle skirts mm -hmm. on and everything. It looked pretty cool. I wasn't sure if they were going to get dressed up or not yeah. until I saw the pictures. I'm they did. Oh, yeah, they were cute. We should have came at the Fonz, you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, <laughs> Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> all right. Uh, anybody else got anything before we wrap it up? No. All right. Peace, as love always. Love and solidarity. Any questions, comments, concerns? Dave, what's your email? DUYse2209 at gmail.com. Man. It's been a while since I've used yeah. that email. Dang. Wow. It's been since December. Have your, you checked it? You got your American Online number, too? AOL. AOL. Is that what that stands for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.